0: Uh, of course, uh, Rockets coming off uh, their 196 overtime victory. We're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the drama going on there. My goodness, what's going on with that?
1: I don't know what's going on with the Spurs. It's crazy. Um, I knew something was up when Jonathan Sims left, though.
0: Yeah, no, no. He was definitely kind of like the glue thing. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Of course, we got March Madness. And then something very interesting came out this past week. Uh, Trina actually told me about the Aaron Hernandez trial. Of course, the documentary. So, got some crazy Man. stuff right to talk about there. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll kick off the show, of course, talking about the Rockets' 196 overtime victory over the Pistons, uh, of course, without CP3. But interesting no- thing to note there is they are now 58-14 and on the season. 58 wins with 10 games left matches their best win total in franchise history.
1: That is very much so history. I mean, I cannot believe it in the fact that they came out and won that game in overtime yesterday without Chris Paul mm-hmm. says a lot.
0: It really does, yeah. And of course, James Harden didn't have this, his best game, 21 points on 420 shooting. Now, of course, Pistons aren't a playoff team, but still just, you know, seeing them grind out a win without Chris Paul and that. I mean, it's always encouraging to see that.
1: Yeah, because with Chris Paul, they've been they've been playing on another level with him and James. They kind of complement each other. And the fact that James didn't have his best game yesterday, it says a lot about how they're playing together. So so when their superstars are down, they can still play well.
0: It really does, yeah. And, I mean, again, yeah, just like you noted. I mean, when Chris Paul comes back, that was the biggest thing that we've been talking about with the playoffs is, you know, if one of these guys is not having a good night, having the other guy, you know, available to step Step up, up, uh man. And then on top of that, you look at this, this might be the best bench the Rockets have ever had in their history, in my opinion, at least.
1: I mean, yeah, and I think it's for the fact that they're playing together. If you think about it in the past, not so much far back in the past, but they've had like the main guy and then with the main guy, the the other guys around them just kind of feed off of them. Well, these guys are coming in off the bench and they're just coming in and setting their own tempo and keeping the pace and keeping the group together and just playing ball.
0: It really is, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, I mean, the chemistry just seems incredible yeah. in the locker room. I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw, you know, if, uh, I guess it was last week when they played the Timberwolves in Minnesota and uh, Gerald Green, you know, came to Chris yeah. Paul's defense after Gordy, uh, Gordy Jang pushed him down. And, you know, it, of course, he got the $25,000 fine that Chris Paul said he's going to pay for. But, I love
1: that, though. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And the reason I love it is because. Gerald Green showed that he cares about his point guard. He cares about his players. So, you know, he's a valuable piece to what they're doing, you know, for the Rockets. And the fact that Gerald Green did that and Chris Paul said he would take care of it says a lot on Chris Paul's end as well. Come on. It's awesome.
0: I mean, it's just fantastic to see that. I mean, these guys really do like each other in the locker room. Yeah. But, of course, yeah, I know that win uh, last night gave them a a four-and-a-half game lead now over the Warriors. So, it pretty much looks like with 10 games left, they've locked up the one seed. And you actually pointed this out to me last week, (laughs) texting me, telling me, uh, you know, Kevin Durant had actually gone down for the Warriors. But it's starting to seem a little... Peculiar to say the least, I guess, about the Warriors having uh, all these injuries uh-huh. right before the playoffs. I mean, at this point, you know they're resting their players. Yeah,
1: they're definitely not as injured, maybe. But I did see how... Um one week player was injured next week that player was injured and it was kind of like okay he's back in the rotation he's yeah. back. so yes yeah, definitely probably rest or just you know just trying to be
0: prepared yeah definitely of course uh you know the rockets have kind of i mean not not as extreme but you know james harden we're used to seeing him maybe miss one game a year at the most yeah. if not playing every game he's missed eight games this year Uh, Chris Paul, of course, had that injury at the start of the year. So the Rockets, I think, are going to be fully rested going into the playoffs. But it's just interesting to see these Warriors really starting to do stuff like this. It almost seems like they're really, really concerned about what this Rockets team looks like in the playoffs.
1: It's probably strategic for the organization to rest the players like that. Because if you think about it, the Warriors need... All their guys, like their top three guys, Clay, mm-hmm. Steph, Durant. They need all of these guys to be a hundred percent at all times because these guys could probably play thirty plus minutes per game. Yes, in the playoffs. So
0: yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be crazy. And I mean, uh, of course, if they're fully healthy, I mean, we fully expect that to be a seven game series against the Warriors. Yeah. or At least I do. Yeah. But I, you know, it kind of leads to the question. You know, we've talked all, we've you know we've talked all about you know the Rockets Warriors in the past, but I really kind of want to dive into a little bit. I mean, you know, the biggest knock, of course, on the Rockets is, you know, Mike Tantoni is a regular season coach. Mm-hmm. The Rockets are going to be a regular season team, just like the, the past Phoenix Suns. And if you look at the stats for, you know, the Suns, the old Suns teams versus the Rockets, they are eerily similar. And the other thing in there that might, let me get into my question, uh, The of course, the Rockets have really focused on ISO ball against, mm-hmm. you know, with Chris Paul and James Harden being two of the best isolation players in basketball. I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, are you thinking that's something that's going to work against the Warriors? Because I'm just, I, you know, I just, I really want to believe it at this point, And I think they will, but.
1: I wouldn't say necessarily ISO ball because the guys are very unselfish without the ball. But at times they do have that takeover. I got to do it one-on-one mm-hmm. type of deal. But the way they've been playing all year, it's worked for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's worked for them. Like, of course, we have our outside shooters in Houston, but then again, you have James Harden attacking Chris Paul attacking. You have Eric Gordon attacking at times. Gerald Green's cutting to mm-hmm. the basket. Um, you got Clint Capella catching lobs and throwing yes. it down. So I feel like if the guys just stick to what they've been doing, like regardless of how it comes out, then they'll be OK because. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people said that about the Warriors, is the three-point shot going to fall?
0: Very the, true, yeah. You know, a few years ago when they first emerged, that's very yeah. true, yes.
1: So that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. If they just keep doing it, they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, I, you know, we I kind of touched on it in the past, and I think, you know, the biggest difference that Mike D'Antoni, if he, if he has truly evolved as a coach from his days with the Suns, I feel like the biggest problem for him in the playoffs when he was with the Suns is the fact that he only used these two- and three-man benches. These guys were out there playing, you know, 40-plus minutes a game. And yeah. it's just like, the Rockets have, you know, I, I, I can't name off the top of my head who the, who the Suns had on their bench, maybe outside of Sean Marion or whoever it was back then, but mm-hmm. he really needs to make use of these guys, Gerald Green, Joe Johnson, these guys in the playoffs, so it's going to be interesting to see if he does that.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he will this year around Um, for the simple fact that When you got Chris Paul and James Harden having to need that rest at times, then they're going to need these other guys to step up. So I think that he'll take a different approach this time around because he does have Chris Paul. So you can kind of interchange Chris Paul and James Mm -hmm. Harden when they're not playing together and then bring some of the other guys
0: on you know uh, for Yeah, the absolutely, yeah, and I mean, of course, yeah, and you know, we uh, again touching on the you know the Suns Rockets comparisons. I mean, mm-hmm. they, 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 you're right. I mean, Chris Paul and James yeah. Harden having two elite playmakers like that, yeah, as opposed to the Suns back in they the day. They
1: only have uh, Steve, Steve, Nash. Steve Nash, Steve Nash, yeah, Steve yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Steve Nash with yeah with Phoenix, and so I mean. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's going to be different. I don't think the comparisons are completely fair,
1: but they're about the same. though. They,
0: they really are. The stats, if yeah. you look at them, I mean, it's very eerily similar. And of course, yeah. D'Antoni is a system coach, and he always makes his point guard. He's always going to make his point guards look better. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go out there and say that James Harden is a better overall player <laughs> than LeBron James or anything like that. But yeah, the fact is, he's got two elite playmakers. Two. Yeah.
1: Right. And so the thing is, with that Phoenix team, they had. Uh, Steve Nash, and then you had all these Mm three-point shooters around with Amari Stoudemire Mm -hmm. in the middle. Yep. Chris Paul has all these three point shooters around another playmaker in James Harden. I,
0: yeah, and I, you know, and if you look at it, I mean, yeah, those two elite playmakers. Mm-hmm. And then the, I, I, at this point, I mean, I guess I, I can't go out. on <laughs> I'm not going to try and say that, but I mean, Steve or Chris Paul and James Harden over, I, I think are a little bit, maybe a little bit more efficient, a little bit better as far as offensive efficiency goes than than Steve yeah. Nash. So, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I, I, I'm not, I'm not buying into this whole, this whole, you know national media agenda that basically is saying that the Rockets are a regular season team so but it, it will yeah. be it will be interesting. And the other thing to note, of course, is the West is really heating up as far as the other teams. You know, two weeks ago we we're talking about it, it's Rockets Warriors at this yeah. point. But I think there's some room in there. I I don't think that anybody's gonna step in the way of the Rockets or the Warriors, but at the same time, you know, the Blazers until the Rockets snap.
1: Portland it, yeah. is the the X Factor in the West. They're always the X Factor in the West because they're a team full of underdogs. Mm-hmm. Um, with Portland, you got Damian Lillard, even when he lost um Spurs. LaMarcus Aldridge yes, yes. even when he lost LaMarcus Aldridge he came back the next season with a whole chip on his shoulder yes, he did. and I mean just dominated with CJ McCollum yes Yeah.
0: so I mean yeah that's another team in there that really looks like a formidable three seed and then mm-hmm. on top of that Oklahoma City had a six game winning streak until they got snapped uh, by Boston the other night yeah and, Mello, Mello. <laughs> yeah goodness missing those two free throws yeah. at the end of the game yeah you know, it so all i you know, as far as the West goes, I mean, it's not gonna be a cakewalk, I don't oh, think no. it, yeah, to get to the Western Conference Finals. That being said, of course, I fully expect them to get there.
1: hmm
0: But yeah, and then, uh, of course, on top of that, you know, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but Qui returning to the Spurs is going to, you know, that's going to add another element to, yeah. you know, another tough out if he does come back for the Spurs. But yeah. we'll talk whether we see, think he's yeah. going to.
1: And I, I still really don't think that we have anything to worry about with the Spurs. They're mm-hmm. kind of all over the place right now as an organization. they trying yes. to refine their identity, I think, in my opinion. They're yeah. trying to they're trying to build and they're I mean it's just crazy down there San Antonio. Yeah, right it, it now. really
0: is yeah and I mean from an organization and of course what we'll, you know we'll get more
1: organization yeah
0: well, <laughs> and, yeah and I mean as far as just seeing a franchise like that that has really handled things so great mm-hmm. you know as far as players mm-hmm. and personnel and you know finding elite talent yeah, yeah it's been it's been it's been very unusual seeing that this <laughs> yeah. year seeing them at the bottom uh you know the bottom end of the west but but yeah, that being said, of course, yeah, we got 10 games left in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully expect the Rockets to... to I, I think their magic number, of course, right now is six games. Uh, unless the Warriors lose tonight, they'll have five games to l- l- lock up that one seed. So I fully expect yeah. to see that here within the next week.
1: Boy, if they lock in that number one spot, Red Nation is going to go crazy. <laughs> it is, yeah.
0: And I mean, we've talked about it. You know, the, the Western Conference Finals, if it goes to seven games, I think it's more important not playing in Golden State than it is actually getting home court. But right. either way, it's going to be a major major advantage for him
1: oh yeah it definitely will um yeah Rockies need their home court advantage
0: I I agree well coming up of course we're going to talk a little bit more about Kawhi Leonard I'm really excited later in the show to hear more about this Aaron Hernandez so everybody make sure yeah you stick with us Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah we'll get into of course Kawhi Leonard um at return or possibly returning from injury but see if maybe he can help those Spurs out in the playoffs (laughs) Welcome back. You are listening to Wildcard Sports with Will. Hope everybody's having a great Friday out there. Of course, we've had an awesome week of sports. Got treated like yeah. those with me here. Of course, what's up, Will? That's right. <laughs> of course, the this is on, honestly probably like my favorite time of the week. I get to talk for an hour about sports, so I'm so glad you guys are joining <laughs> with us. Well, we just got done talking a little bit about the Rockets. Um, Of course, you know, they've uh, pretty much all but locked up the number one scene in the West at this point. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see who they're going to face in the playoffs. One team that they might run into, of course, is those Spurs. And Spurs got a lot of drama going on yeah, there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm honestly not worried about the Spurs like I told you, Will. I just feel like, um, I mean, if you could think about it for the past, what, since 90s? Mm-hmm. Man, they've had their guys. They've had their glue. Yes. And so, like, now their glue is, like, kind of unfolding a little bit. So, they're looking for, you know, new talent to kind of replace them and keep the legacy alive in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the key factor that they had last year was uh, Jonathan Sims. And yeah, yeah. He left. So, it's like... Who do you kind of rely on now? If Kawhi is a possibility yeah. out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's it, it's it's absolutely crazy because, like you said, yeah, I mean, last 18 years, I believe they've gone to 18 straight playoffs. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> going back to the Tim Duncan, David Robinson days, it's just a wet, they're a well-oiled machine that you know they really they really don't have any you know any drama. I mean, outside a few yeah. years ago, Tony Parker with <laughs> his teammate Brent uh, Brent Barry and the whole wife scandal and everything, but even yeah. that. They were able to keep it in-house, but mm-hmm. you know now with Kawhi Leonard missing all but nine games, of course, uh, Kawhi believes he's injured at this point, and all reports are indicating that the Spurs have cleared him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you saw this past week after a win for the Spurs, I believe it was their third straight win... The players had a players-only meeting with Kawhi Leonard imploring him to return. So there's really a lot of drama going on there.
1: That is drama for the fact that they had to have a players-only meeting to get Kawhi to come back. One of the most uh, soft-spoken guys yes. in the NBA. It says a lot about where he thinks the organization may be going if he can't, you know, return or if he's looking out for the benefit of his career. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's a lot of factors in that, Will.
0: There really is, yeah. And, you know, nobody really knows or seems to know exactly what's going on with it. Uh, I'm sure Kawhi does truly believe he's injured. There are a lot of speculations out there. Of course, he's going to be a free agent after next season. Yeah. And he'll be eligible for one of those super max deals for uh, for a superstar player. So, I don't know. Are you starting to – I mean, I'm kind of getting the impression that maybe he's ready to move on from San Antonio – I, just, um,
1: I mean I guess you never really know I think the thing is he's probably waiting on San Antonio to make a move and get some other outside sources to be able to come true, in true. well the thing with San Antonio they're such an elite and professional you mm-hmm. know organization that they're not just going to bring anyone in regardless of how talented they are um with that being said, I think Kawhi Leonard's trying to see what the Spurs are going to do before he makes any, you know, major yeah. moves.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's just put them in a tough spot. And I yeah. mean, I if I understand having doubt in an organization, I've always been a guy that's, you know, I've always given the benefit of the doubt to the players in most instances just because, you know, for for a franchise they're focused on dollars and cents. They want to they want to make the most business. It's a business for them and they don't seem to be focused too much on player personnel uh, per se. But in San Antonio, that I feel like that's always been the opposite. They've always yeah. focused on the players. Right,
1: right, right. And the one thing I love about the San Antonio organization, a lot of people don't know. I think that they're they're basically in a transition. If you notice, they have the one of the first women to ever mm-hmm. coach in yes. uh, Becky Hammond. Mm-hmm. She's playing the WNBA. Well, could Greg Pop be setting her up to be the first? You know, yeah, female that, that's head coach yeah. in the NBA. I mean, it's a lot of transition. They're getting younger. They're, they're mm-hmm. not, if you think about it, they're not signing any veterans in their offseason. They're getting strictly young guys. Yes, All their guys are young. So could this be a transition phase for the Spurs? Because Pop said he didn't want to coach anymore after Tim. Manu and Tony were done. Yeah,
0: and that's coming up. Yeah.
1: So I mean, we don't really know, will?
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean that, and there. That's yeah, and that's a per, a really good point on that one. There's just so many you know possible factors that could yeah. go into this. It's just it's so bizarre because if if you're Kawhi Leonard, I mean. I just don't understand not having faith in the organization. I get that, yeah. They say, hey, maybe we're going into a rebuilding phase. But if there, if any team is going to rebuild, you know, on a really, really quick pace, you would expect it to be the San Antonio Spurs. Oh
1: yeah, without a doubt. But the thing is now, like, I mean, if they were going to do that, they would get in some veterans, like I mentioned. But they're strictly young guys Mm -hmm. right now.
0: Yeah, it's outside of LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, You know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. You know, they're two main superstars. It is a lot of young role players around Mm -hmm. them. Um, you know, point but, guard uh, DeWante Murray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's really developed. He's here good. In the, yeah, they've they just they they have shown the ability to really develop talent. And I think that's one thing that the Rockets, Warriors, and Spurs do better than anybody else in the NBA is develop talent. You see them with their these uh, second round picks, mm-hmm. uh, these D league pickups that they develop into really really good role players. Right. Uh, just like the guy you talk about, Jonathan Simmons, who's yeah. now in Orlando, I believe. Yeah, he's yet. in
1: Orlando. He's a, he's actually a hometown product. Yes, out of Houston. Yeah,
0: yeah and he, man, he. He's tortured us in that crazy yeah goodness he yeah he put it he put that chip on his shoulder in that in that western conference semifinals last year and really made the rockets pay so
1: yeah but these are top three uh organizations like you said um i think what it is is the players actually buy into the systems Mm -hmm. and the thing is it works for them yeah it works for them like you talk about san antonio being one of the best offensive teams In the NBA. Yes. Um, Look at their coach. Like their coach, that's a lot of wisdom right there. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of wisdom. He says very little, but says a lot. Yes. And so if players are able to, like, buy into his system and, you know, play the style that he's playing, they're going to be successful. He's going to make sure you're successful at what you do.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Greg Popovich, I mean, in my opinion, is the greatest co- greatest NBA coach of all time. I think, you know, the argument, of course, is him versus Phil Jackson a lot yeah. of times. But I
1: feel like Phil that. had the triangle going Yeah, he perfect.
0: did. He did, but it also helps when you got two of the greatest players of all time running that, which, of course, <laughs> Pop had his fair share of great players. But. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I you know, I'm always going to give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the Spurs versus players. I'm always going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Spurs, which is not yeah. something I normally say with other organizations, but right. they have shown a history of being very, very cautious. Popovich is at the forefront of resting players during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Of course, he is at odds with the NBA a few years ago when he sat out all the Spurs against yeah. the Heat when LeBron was there for a primetime game. So, you know, the Spurs have always, uh, always erred on the side of caution when it comes mm-hmm. to resting players. And this is just so bizarre that you actually see this situation where it's it's major conflict between a superstar and the San Antonio Spurs yeah, front office. Yeah,
1: and like I said, well, I think that has a major part to do with their transition. I mean, everybody's learning at this point. This is a learning phase for mm-hmm. the organization, yeah. for Greg Popovich, for his players. I mean, it's just a learning situation for all of them. They're right now in the middle of adversity. This uh, elite franchise has never been in the bottom, you know, in yes. the, these past You know, Mm -hmm. decade and something. Yeah, I mean, almost two decades at this point. Yeah, almost two decades now, but they've never been at the bottom... You know, fighting for playoffs. Yeah,
0: yeah, actually, yeah. In the past years, they've always had it locked up by by, of course, uh, March or April yeah. at that point. So, so
1: can you blame Kawhi? Really, like, uh well, you know, you are superstar, you don't really know what's going on with this organization. You came in, they were still elite, and you were, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know.
1: I, I just I don't know at this
0: point with, <laughs> if I can if I can blame him. It's just you know because I, I don't know what's going on. I yeah. ju- it just seems to me for him. It seems like it might, it's a bad business move at this point because, you know, as I said, you know, after next year, he's going to be clamoring for that max contract, yeah. which I'm sure somebody's still going to give him just for the level of talent that he brings to a team. Right. But it doesn't look good on your part. I, and I mean, you versus one of the best run organizations, I just don't think it looks good it, for him. It
1: doesn't. It doesn't. And I mean, but we never will know. We won't know until it's all over.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's very true. So I don't know. At this point, what do you think? You think he's going to return and you think he comes back?
1: I have no idea what Kawhi is gonna do because he's so quiet. Yeah. He doesn't really, I mean, doesn't even have a social media I, I mean, I'd never really see this guy talk even yeah. in interviews, he's like, pop, I don't know if he trains the guys to kind of look, yeah. say little guys, don't say
0: nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm sure he does, but <laughs> yeah, he's the most, you know, he's definitely the most soft-spoken superstar yeah. in basketball. I have
1: no idea yeah. what he's gonna, but what if he comes to the Rockets?
0: Oh my goodness, yeah, <laughs> one could only hope, my goodness to have, yeah, to have something like that, I mean, at this point, I'd take, I mean, having him or or LeBron James or something like that. That would, my goodness, set this team yeah. set this team apart. But who knows? I mean, with you know, if he's causing the drama in there, you never know. Yeah. But yeah, no. I, I at this point, you know, the reports are that his uncle ever ta- uh, since taken over his uh, you know management mm-hmm. side of it. He's always been an in Kawhi's ear, and a lot of people are speculating that he might be wanting to get to a bigger market, to a Los Angeles or to a New York uh, per se. You know, yeah. a bigger market where he's going to have
1: California is his home base. Yeah,
0: God. yeah. Went to San Diego state university yeah. so
1: you never really know and the thing about when you become like an NBA player I guess like you a professional athlete in general like you have so many people that just come around and you know They probably put these things in your oh, ear yeah. and, I mean these guys really don't know which way to go they have mm-hmm. other people trying to make decisions for them. They're trying to make decisions. I mean, it's just a big big mess
0: It really is. Yeah, and I mean of course they've kind of teased here the last few times that uh, You know quiet will be back within a week or so he was I think supposed to get back next Thursday But yeah,
1: they're probably not gonna rush him anyway because they're probably not gonna do so great in the play- Layoffs. Yeah,
0: and I mean it's a lose lose situation for the Spurs at this point because yeah. you know you don't want to come across Just as alienating, yeah, <laughs> yeah, alienating your superstar. You're not going to go anywhere. So at this yeah. point, yeah. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Of course, if he does come back, though, they will definitely be a tough, somewhat of a tough out. But I, I don't expect him either to come back.
1: But. Yeah, where are they right now? Where
0: they? They're the sixth seed right now, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who they match up with.
1: Yeah, they probably will have to match up with Portland.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Welcome back into Wildcard Sports. I'm your host Will gocher Got Trina Guri here, my awesome co-host. We've been talking a little bit about basketball. We've been a little bit about basketball, uh, of course, Rockets, Spurs. But really, the main thing we got to talk about now it's March. We it's got March, March, March Madness <laughs> on the docket. Uh, of course, we talked about it a little bit a uh, little bit last week. It kicked off. Uh, you know, really didn't get to talk too much about it just because the Thursday game. You know, yeah. all we all we really saw was Arizona getting knocked off.
1: Oh. Oh my God, Will, this is the best time of the year for basketball.
0: It really is. March.
1: What can I say, man? It's been a crazy March Madness for the guys, especially. You have a 16 seed knocking off a of one. First time
0: ever. First time number ever. Number one overall seed. No season. one's
1: never done yeah. that. That's history.
0: Yeah. And, that, you know, like I said, not to mention, this was a number one overall seed. So, without a doubt, that was the absolute biggest upset. I mean, yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Biggest upset all time in the history of the NCAA tournament. So
1: Yeah. Did you see Steph Curry sent those guys? I
0: did. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't make a difference in their second game, but yeah, still. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, they were close. They only lost about, like, seven points, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah some, something like that. But, yeah, yeah that, that first game, I mean, yeah, just to touch on a little bit, I mean, it was insane. Uh, the, the Lyles, I can't I'm not sure his first name, but.
1: Yeah, Jairus Lyles.
0: Yeah, but he was, you know, he was slashing through the lane. He was out there finishing. Some of the shots that he was making and finishing yeah. were just some of the most unbelievable things.
1: He actually um, initially signed at a, a major Division one. Really? Um remember the name of it. it may have been vcu at the time mm-hmm. they were like yeah it was vcu actually really they were up and i think uh maybe that's when shaka smart left huh. he decided to stay home i think because of uh, personal family issues or something like yeah. that was going on yeah. and um look what he did with this program yeah
0: umbc i mean no history nobody's ever done that exactly and nobody even know who you knew who umbc was i had to google it university of maryland baltimore county nobody's ever even heard of that yeah so i mean absolutely the biggest upset so of course he had 16 seed taking down a one of course uh we we were talking about it during the break loyola an 11 seed in the elite eight so i mean they they going to be competing um, tomorrow for a chance to go to the yeah. Final Four against Kansas State.
1: Yeah, I kind of compared them to that VCU team that had that big run. Yes, Who did you say did. you probably compare them to? Uh,
0: George Mason. Uh, they were the 11 seed that, yeah. yeah, about 10 years ago or so made Man. it to the Final Four. I
1: mean, to do that, though, what they're doing is, is very sweet because I mean, they're like, they're just dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. this Cinderella is the dance. Sort, yeah. They're dancing. They're dancing all the way through it. And I mean, why not ride it? Because they have nothing to lose. Exactly. They've been predicted to lose since Round 1. So why not keep riding that way?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, it, nowadays it's just it's a different animal with the NCAA tournament just because you know you see a lot of these one and done. So you know these teams, and I'm not sure exactly what the what the makeup looks like of Loyola, but I I, I like the way that the tournament has turned it turned to in the last few years because of these yeah. one and done. These teams that are more experienced, I feel like have more of a chance. You know, you're not yeah. seeing these senior teams for Kentucky and Duke. And that gives those these you know these mid majors to these smaller schools a bigger chance to make it. And I think you're seeing an excellent example of that in Loyola and uh, in Kansas State as well, who they'll be playing tomorrow to go to the Final Four.
1: Yeah, it's been I mean, it's been those teams because they do, like you said, they do have you know seniors, juniors on the team mm-hmm. that's been with the team, and I mean, it seems like these guys have been through the. Through the process. They've been through the pain. Now they're trying to go through the, you know, the joy of the journey. And I feel like even with U of H, you saw it last week. Yeah. Tough (laughs) loss.
0: My goodness. Last second, three to lose to Michigan.
1: Tough loss, but... It says a lot about where their program is going. Yeah. they lost at the buzzer. They didn't lose. They were you know. yeah,
0: they were in control. They had the win. And then you look at uh, Michigan. What Michigan did yesterday against Texas A and M just completely dominated them yeah. in both halves. I think they won by uh, almost thirty points against yeah. Texas A and M. So. And that's
1: because they didn't come out lax. Mm-hmm. They didn't come out relaxed. They they kind of I think they kind of took U of H light. Yes. And they didn't think that you know that they would be able to hang with them. And they mm-hmm. thought that they were probably just you know play another you know pickup game. With them a little bit, but yeah. <sighs> they had them on their heels for the longest. And that freshman, he he really.
0: Yes, I. They, I mean, they're they're. I mean, they're a dangerous team now. I think Michigan is going to be playing. Let me see. I think it's uh, yeah. the winner of uh, West Virginia or West Virginia and uh, Kansas State, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure on that They'll one.
1: They'll be playing Florida State. Florida
0: State, that's right. Florida State. Yeah, cuz uh,
1: Gonzaga yeah, they got beat
0: 75 to 60. Yeah, so that was Yeah, yeah that was uh, you know, that's going to be another interesting one. And it's just a, you know, it's a shame of course. It would have been nice to see a Houston versus Texas A&M. Uh, Sweet 16, but Michigan has proven that they are for real.
1: Yeah, we um, still have a Texas team in there, though, with Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, uh, Texas Tech, uh, yeah, they're going to be pl- uh, taking on... Purdue. Purdue, yeah. So Purdue's a 2C, but Purdue had their starting uh, center, Isaac Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of their best players. He broke his arm, so it's going to be interesting to yeah. see... The- and-
1: their Texas Tech is a three c so they're they're kind of neck and neck. They're probably mm-hmm. they, they'll probably match up well together. Yeah, um, I think it'll be at this uh, level anyway. It'll, at this round anyway, it'll probably be who has more heart, who has more determination to get yeah. the win. Um, Come on, Texas Tech. Yeah, I know right.
0: Yeah. Now, and it's going to be it's going to be a tough road for them because if they get but, past them, they're going to have to play either Villanova or West Virginia, which those are two I, in my elite opinion, Yeah. elite programs. Yeah. Villanova has established themselves in, as an elite program. Mm-hmm. I think that they'll personally get to the final four, but the dark horse for me is West Virginia. Yeah. They they have Excellent, excellent guard play. And then on top of that, they're, they're senior and junior teams. So, I mean, I think that they've got, they've got a lot of experience that might get them yeah. uh, to the final but four. But they
1: have to go through Villanova.
0: Yeah. And I that, mean,
1: Villanova's tough. Villanova's always tough. They always have a a, a pretty good solid team of guards. And they're, they're probably balanced. They're probably the most balanced team. Oh, yeah. In the uh, tournament,
0: yeah, and Jay Wright, yeah, because I mean, yeah, like you said, they're a balanced team. Jay Wright might be the best co- uh, college coach in basketball right now, so yeah, yeah, going to be interesting but to see that. Besides
1: Coach
0: K, Duke. <laughs> yeah, Coach K, who Duke, of course, is in it as well with yeah. uh, with Grace Allen and all the drama that's going on there. But yeah, who's uh, your peak? I At this point, I'm going to stay Villanova. I think Villanova is my favorite to, to get win there. all. To win it all, I think that I honestly, I I like either Villanova or I really, really do like West Virginia. I've I've been watching West Virginia all year. And I just I think that they've got the, got the guard play. I think they're an excellent team. Do I like Duke as well? I just outside of Grace and Allen, I'm just not sure they have the the elite guard play that they need to you know to really you know make a yeah. run towards the final, or to the championship. So
1: I like Kansas. Really? Okay. Yeah. I like Kansas. Their guard play is like on another level right it now. Is. Um I like. I just like their team. Mm-hmm. They're they're balanced as well, but they're athletic and they're swag and they're. You know, they play hard. Kansas plays hard. They don't take anyone like
0: so, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And I mean, Kansas has got some good wins. Uh, you know, in Kansas on paper, yeah, they might be one of the more talented teams. And I agree with you 100% there. It's just they've been so inconsistent during the regular season. And mm-hmm. they've, they've really, they've they shorted up. It up. Yeah, they've turned it up here in the, in the Big 12 yeah. tournament and the, the tournament. So I think that's an excellent pick. I just, I'm not sure I trust them quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, it'll be interesting. They actually are going to be playing uh, Clemson. Clemson. That's right. Clemson and Kansas. Um, and then that, uh, that will decide if they play play if they win that they'll play either Syracuse or Duke. And yeah. Syracuse is another is another eleven seed I right. believe that's really turned it up lately. So mm-hmm. uh, gonna be interesting to see how that turns out. I, yeah,
1: I think it'll be Kansas versus Duke and I think Kansas will probably win that game by one or two.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, that would be that would be an awesome national championship two historic programs. Yeah. You know, two great coaches in Bill Self versus Coach K. I think that would be an, Oh no, that'll
1: be the next round. It won't be for the, oh, the finals. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean <laughs> either
0: either way though, I mean it'll be a fantastic yeah. matchup and I mean always awesome to see those elite programs. So it would be, yeah. I, I agree, it would be kind of nice if you got, you know, maybe Kansas and Duke in there and then yeah. you had you had a nice uh, you know, maybe like. Like Loyola uh-huh. and uh, Cinderella's on the other side so
1: Who do you think is going to take this Loyola and Kansas State game? I
0: you know, I don't know too much about Kansas State, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go I, I'm going to go with the underdog here. I think Loyola is Yeah, I think Loyola is, is going to ride it in I mean, they're the Cinderella team. So yeah. everybody's going to be rooting for them at this point point. and I mean, they hey, they've they've beaten some really good teams. So I mean, I think I th- I think they're going to continue to ride that wave and get to the final four. So
1: yeah, if they win this game, they go to the final four. Will what does that say about Loyola?
0: Hey, that, what that tells me is that coach is going to be going is going to be going somewhere else next year. He's going <laughs> yes. he's going to be going to one of those top tier programs. So
1: and somebody's going to be going to the NBA.
0: Mm-hmm, yep, that is yeah. for sure. There's always there's always one of those players that just breaks out. The Kimball Walker, you know, oh, somebody like that that just breaks yeah. out and then solidifies their status as a lottery pick in the NBA draft. So
1: yeah, most definitely going
0: to be interesting. But yeah, so that's gonna be fun. I kind of want to turn the gears because you are gonna be my women's college basketball expert, oh, of course. My had, God. Yeah, had it, you were telling me, of course, about Texas A&M has really kind of turned up the heat here in the in the tournament time. Yeah. So,
1: if yeah. you have not seen Texas A&M play this game coming up, you would definitely want to check them out. They will be playing against Notre Dame. They had a freshman by the name of Kennedy Carter. Kennedy Carter. Uh-huh. I mean, this big volume, when you talk about a tournament as big as March Madness, mm-hmm. right? So you have a, a freshman in Kennedy Carter who comes out and only scores five points and a half. Mm-hmm. That's 20 minutes, Will. She only scores five points. Mm-hmm. She ends the game with 37 points with a game-winning three with maybe like .8 seconds remaining on the clock. Do you know these these girls came back? They were down at almost like twenty at one point.
0: My goodness. And for a
1: freshman to carry them, um they also had um another player who carried them through throughout you know, throughout the game, mm-hmm. but she wasn't as a big name as, you know, Kennedy Carter. Yeah. I mean man. It's to finish the game with thirty seven points I know. as a freshman. <sighs>
0: goodness yeah i mean that's cold-blooded cold-blooded right there you know yeah three-pointer my goodness no
1: timeouts called will that's, she just grabbed the ball went down the court did her thing made a couple of moves in
0: yeah well at the very least what that's gonna what that's telling me is that am has got a bright future ahead of them you they
1: know I mean? definitely do
0: yeah so we'll see uh of course got uh, we got about 30 seconds before we go to break so yeah. i want to get i want to get what is your women's college basketball prediction is it going to be uconn getting back on top what is, are they going to fall apart like they did last year against Mississippi State?
1: It's going to be tough, but South Carolina are the you know True, defending yeah. champs. But I think UConn might have a big, 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 big chance this year.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah no, I always hard to go against UConn yeah. on that one. Well- <laughs> Welcome back into Wildcard Sports with Will and Trina here. Hello. We are talking, of course, a little bit about March Madness, talked a little bit about the Rockets. Uh, We didn't really get a chance to go too deep into it, which I'm actually, I want to find out a little bit more. Uh, Of course, we are full on into the March Madness uh, swing of things. So, uh, you know, of course, we talked really in depth about the men's uh, tournament. But, of course, we got a little bit into it as far as the women's tournament. Um, but there were some pretty big upsets too in the women's side of the tournament. It's really creating a lot of parity there. So
1: yeah, Oregon State knocked off Tennessee, such a historic program.
0: Yes, Tennessee, of course. Yeah, going back to the Pat Summit days, has always yeah. been one of those just elite programs mm-hmm. that has always dominated, almost like a UConn as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that the 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 players and the coaches were you know really sad about mm-hmm. the loss because they probably thought that they could had a chance to go to the Final Four this year, um, but. In basketball, man, it just comes down to heart at the end of, mm-hmm. you know, once it starts getting deep into the playoffs and you know the team that has the most will to win the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, in a perfect example, we were talking about in the last segment, uh, yeah. the A and M freshman, uh, Kennedy Car- Carter. Yeah, Carter of uh, you know going off for thirty nine points. I mean, that's just pure heart, yeah, right 30,
1: there. Yeah, she had thirty so she had seven five yeah. in that first half, but to come back and will her, she willed her team to that victory because mm-hmm. they were down at almost like twenty at one point, and it's just like you got to have that. You got to have. Have that dog I mean it's just instincts take over and then on top of that like shots just have to fall yes
0: yeah and I mean yeah it's just it, the March Madness is definitely one of the one of those times where it's just nice to see these stars step up and these you know yeah. or we, we really see stars in the making and that's probably what we're seeing with A&M yeah though
1: The one thing I've loved though about the women's uh, college sports though uh, will especially in basketball, Mm -hmm. Texas team always Texas teams in women's sports always dominate. Yes, especially in basketball. Um, right now we have three teams from Texas. Yes, we do. Baylor, Texas A&M, Texas. Uh huh. This will all. I mean, everybody will have a testing game this this week.
0: Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, out of those Texas teams, uh, of course, you're you're my women's college basketball expert. Who who has got the best chance in your opinion? Who is the best Texas team out of right those
1: three? Right now, I'm really loving Texas, but they have a big match against UCLA mm-hmm. coming up, and I just feel like the UCLA team is.
0: It's a bad matchup for them.
1: Man, they're tough. They're big, will and mm-hmm. and their guards are something else. But the thing about this Texas team, they play with a lot of heart. They come out, they come out from the jump with fire. They don't wait.
0: Yes, yeah, and I mean, of course, you know, we've talked about it. You know, good or at least, you know, I think really, really good guard play is really the key to March Madness mm-hmm. and any of these. And yeah, as you were telling me, Texas does have really good guard play.
1: Yeah, they do. Uh, Brooke McCarty, point guard. I uh-huh. think she's actually from where Clear Clear Springs. I yeah, believe. she's yeah. from Clear Springs, and she's a uh, Rejected to be in the draft for... Uh, really? Yeah, her and... Um her other guard. But I, I like Texas A and M. They're still young. Mm-hmm. That last game was shaky even though they had the freshman to bring them over the top. And then I like Baylor as well, but I'm not really sure how far they'll go, but they're always an elite program. Mm-hmm. You you see if they win against Oregon State in this round and the next round they'll have to face Louisville or Stanford. And I'm not really too sure about that round.
0: Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. the good news is I don't think any of those teams are gonna have to run into Yukon until the final four. Oh, so my you know God will yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully you won't see another Yukon repeat. You know, one of these Texas teams can get in there and steal it. But yeah, it yeah, looks like actually, it might be a good year for that.
1: Yeah, and actually in the this round they'll have it might be South Carolina and UConn to play in that next round. Uh-huh. I mean,
0: they might beat each South other up. South Carolina
1: yeah. was the, you know, they are the defending champ. Mm-hmm. So, but right now, UConn is undefeated. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I mean, hey, they they've gone into the tournament. I want to say like the last like five or six years undefeated. Of course, they lost last year to Mississippi State and yeah. one of the greatest games I've ever seen. But it's, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if somebody can knock them off for a second straight year because they always seem to dominate March Madness.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah, but yeah, of course, yeah. March Madness, uh, of course, is definitely dominating the news right now. Uh, We kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you were actually telling me about it. I want to transition now. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, of course, everybody knows the notorious tight end, former tight end for the New England Patriots, who uh, was charged with uh, you know murder, first degree murder, first degree murder, everything. But there was actually a documentary this week, and yeah, I want to hear a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so Aaron Hernandez, he had a a special. It was called the Aaron Hernandez Uncovered. Uh huh. Um, they talked a lot about the trial. Um, obviously he was convicted of first degree murder. Yes, yeah. From I mean, if you look at it, they show that they had evidence on him everywhere he mm-hmm. went. He was tracked everywhere by camera and it's so crazy because they tried to throw in a speculation of uh maybe it wasn't the guys who he was with that did mm-hmm. the you know, that did the murder, yeah. but it was him and I mean, to know what happened at the end and to see it all unfold and to come out the man died, but they looked at his brain and said he had CTE. Yes,
0: and you were telling me that that CTE, if they would have, if they would have played that in the first trial, that would have made a huge difference. That in would have the outcome. made a
1: huge difference, Will, for the simple fact that they switched, um, they switched attorney groups mm-hmm. from his first uh, trial to the second trial. Uh-huh. He actually got uh, not guilty for that second one. Yeah, but this this attorney for the second trial, he said that if they would have brought in the The CTE evidence from his concussions. He's a tight end. He's constantly getting hit. You know that triggers everything from yeah. PTSD everything so that that's a big role and they probably could have possibly gave him like therapy or something yeah.
0: like that Yeah and I mean certainly I'm not condoning any of the actions or anything that he did but I mean yeah and I, I didn't get a chance to watch the documentary but I, I, documentary but I read a little bit about it and it it was very it was very sad you know it's hard you know it's hard to say that you know your heart can go out to mm-hmm. you know somebody after these you know gruesome murders and stuff yeah. but Yeah at the same time, he seemed like a very troubled soul. You know, in the documentary, you, you can tell me a little bit more about yeah. this, but I read in the article that, you know, he was struggling with his own, you know, homosexuality and stuff. Yeah. And it was just, he just seemed to be very, they said he was a very tortured soul.
1: And I really, I i do not like this part that came out about him uh-huh. and the simple fact that Will, as soon as it came out, the next day he committed suicide.
0: Yeah so and
1: the thing was it got through from his ex-girlfriend in college mm-hmm. and he specifically told her in the letter that he wrote her yeah i do not want anyone to find out about this
0: yeah and that's just it, that's just so sad i mean you know again like i said i don't want to i I don't want to come across as condoning anything that yeah. he did but it's just it doesn't seem like he had the people in his life that he right. needed to you know set to help him make the right decisions and who knows if that would have made a difference or not yeah
1: but and he he tried like uh he had a, a mentor slash uh, player that was in New England Mm -hmm. and he... he was able to ride along his wings and I mean not in New England and Florida I believe it was his Florida teammate and the, these guys became like brothers and he kind of would tell him him and his uh, fiance would tell him like hey man like these guys that you're with yeah. you know they're just they're no good
0: yeah and I you know again yeah I'm sure that's I'm sure that's hard I mean I know he did uh, there was rumors he had some gang affiliation growing up yeah. and things like that so you know it, it doesn't seem of course that he had any of the right people in his life and yeah. I, I'm really gonna be interested to watch this documentary to see a little bit more more yeah. uh, and then on top of that you you throw in the cte we've talked about concussions in the past and that can that really can just change a yeah. person altogether
1: especially after after i watched the movie it kind of opened my eyes up to the snappiness of what could happen mm-hmm. in the long term it's not necessarily about the short term but i mean this guy's a tight end he's yeah. a big guy he's hitting people i mean he's constantly getting concussions yes. so i mean I mean, he was so young, though. Yeah. He had a fiance. He had just had a baby. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, he just signed this big contract. And, dude, and just all Just threw it all down, away. Yeah. yeah. Just
0: threw it all away like that. Yeah. And you know that's unfortunate, and of course, I, you can't say that concussions caused this or there was any right. one, there was any one thing. I mean, of course, there's. I mean, there's always levels to you know yeah, to stuff like definitely. this, and of course, again, not condoning any any of it. But I really, yeah, I mean, I think it leads back to a bigger question with football as far as concussions, because you see a guy who was 27 years old, I believe, when 27, he, yeah, 27 years old, and to come across and having all the all these you know CTE conditions and things like that. It, it, it's leading to a bigger question. I mean, how? I mean, how long is football going to be able to stick around and stay the same way and have these injuries? They, there's got to be some type of change coming.
1: I don't think that. Um It's it's more so about how long that it'll stick around as far as the number one question would be, what are they going to do about it? Because Mm -hmm. it's inevitable that you'll get a concussion playing football, regardless if you're a quarterback, kicker. Uh Um, It doesn't matter. And my my next thing is, who's going to step up to offer these guys different programs? Mandatory programs, not optional. Mm -hmm. Mandatory, whether that's... Brain training again. Yeah, and, going back to that you what know, we were talking just about last week. Yeah. different things like that. And that's just to throw that out. I mean, if you guys thought of it as my d- idea, uh-huh. so. <laughs> yeah. There
0: you go. Yeah, go ahead and take some credit. Throw some, <laughs> throw some money your way as far as that goes. Yeah, but,
1: but it should be mandatory. It's it the really NFL. Should, yeah. it should be mandatory in college. It should be mandatory in high school. Yeah. it's I mean, such
0: a big business. Yeah, that they're yeah. making millions of dollars a year. That you know they they they're invested with all these different things, these different alcohol and drug programs that they have for the players. But it seems like one the more when it comes to the more important issues they just they really don't seem to be taking the initiative on it and they really right. need to
1: and it's because I mean we'll think about it when you're a GM and you're an owner you're not out there getting hit you don't know the impact mm-hmm. of it I mean you see it yeah you hear it but you don't really know yeah you don't know what these guys' bodies are going through.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the state of football looks like, I think, here in the next five to ten years, because there definitely needs to be some type of change within the program or yeah. within the actual equipment, possibly. So
1: And yeah, I thought it was just really sad how you know he Aaron Hernandez committed suicide mm-hmm. the day after it came out. Yeah. Pretty sure people were coming back to him.
0: Yeah. You know. So yeah, it's just sad. It really is sad seeing all that. Yeah. So, Well, we got about 15 seconds left. I just want to thank Trina, of course, coming on again. Thank you, Will. Uh, this has been awesome having you on, talking some basketball and supports, uh, sports, of course. Yeah. Uh, tune in next week. I'm going to have you on again, right? Most
1: definitely. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank
0: you guys so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Wild Card Sports with Will and Trina. Y'all have a great Friday out there.